jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of darkness! So, here we are, but it is not the re-threening any longer. It's just boring old business as usual. Oh, yeah. Just this again. (laughs) Stacey, the shackles have come off. That is true. The psychic shackles. The actual shackles. (laughs) Uh, There's a relief and a peace, but also I feel a little lost. It's it's kind of like a it's kind of like when you have a really good party and then you're like this party's great and then the party goes on a little too long and you're like oh and then your body is like withering and then and then it takes a week of like psychic reparative therapy to begin to even feel like a person again. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, that's what podcasting's all about, right? Well, listen, it was event podcasting. That True. was that not was that not event podcast? It was a sweeps week to end all sweeps weeks. Thank you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I know we did the wrap up, the re wrap up, and excuse me, I know we did that and covered, you know, what happened, but I, I still can't believe just the wild saga of that three thing, mm-hmm. of the constant ascent, of the last minute shocking anonymous donation. Of the the final amount raised. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was a flurry of activity for a great cause. And then it ended. And I've just been staring off into space ever since. Have you watched anything since? Because I think I've, <laughs> I've watched like t- three cartoons. <laughs> yeah, I watched uh, little cartoons. I watched, uh, I told you, I watched the Fran Lebowitz thing on Netflix. Yeah. Finally <clears throat> sat down for that. Did I watch this? Um, I feel like there's, oh, I watched, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh! I thought about watching some other things, but then I didn't. <laughs> oh, no, that's not true. I watched a, uh, I watched a um, uh, Korean horror movie. The Whispering, I watched it. It was not good, but then also, I didn't care. Man. It also was good. At the end, I, all of a sudden, there was a little emotion at the end, and I thought, okay, you got me. You Aww. got me. Other than that, it was pretty much a failure. All the horror stuff was like, it was kind of a cool concept. It was like a haunted amusement park, and these kids get in there, and this haunted stuff happens. But all the, like, scary ghost shit, like, it looked like, look, I don't always care about effects, you know what I mean? But these looked like an iPhone app filter thing. (laughs) Like like Birdemic. (laughs) Like, I mean... At least Birdemic was like clip art. This yes, was like a scary you. face that had like a. It looked like it had like the app filter on it. It was not a good movie. I don't. Oh, some it. some iPhone augmented reality Pokemon mm-hmm. just pops. A haunted Pokemon pops up and comes at you. Like a Snapchat filter on your face, so you look like a ghost. 
Uh, so I don't recommend it. But also, uh, you know, I'm so easy when it comes to those movies that it was fine. That's that's what happened to us. I fell down that trap. I think I was also coming off of this like, oh yeah, yeah, the three inning we did so good, and now I can watch movies again, even though I never watch movies anymore. And then I was like. Let's do it. Jason was scrolling through. We see, you know, our Netflix um, only shows us Asian films now. And so I saw it was The Hospital and it was Taiwanese. And I was like, let's watch it. And Jason was shocked because I never say that unless I've like <laughs> sufficiently vetted a movie. Um, we put it on and I was so excited because the little Netflix clip that plays is a woman reporter and her Ooh. her her squad of cameramen going into the haunted hospital and it was Sign like me up. right and it was like found footage but also it was found footage mixed with like uh i don't know what you would call just regular third person narrative footage um so it kept mixing between those two and i was like oh fuck yeah we're gonna watch this i have seen this storyline that you know the classic haunted hospital investigation (laughs) i have seen that a thousand times and i was like i don't care it's taiwanese give it to me now we put it on that scene was the very last scene in the movie (laughs) when they go back to investigate what happened and it's just like a quick jump scare and then it's over the whole rest of the movie was just people doing a ghost tour to find their long lost relatives that died in the hospital oh and it was just, like, long and, like, ugh. it wasn't, like, scary as much as it was, like, it, it was just, like, really embedded in, like, the, the cultural folklore and not as much, like, just demons, like, fucking shit up. Mm. And I I don't know. I feel like if I understood the culture more than maybe I would have related to it a little more, but I just, I've wanted that goddamn queen to be solving those ghost mysteries. Yeah. And I didn't get it. Well, that's the experience I had with those couple, the ones I bought from Taiwan and Hong Kong and everything is like they go so deep into their own culture. And I think their own culture shapes the way they tell stories more than even like I find like Japanese, Thai, Korean horror films generally much more accessible. Yeah. Whereas the stuff from Taiwan feels like a sea drama. With some horror stuff in it. See, I think that's what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not that, like, I'm, like, the ugly American that, like, I need it to be no. culturally relevant to me. It's just, like, it's it's almost, it almost becomes a different genre mm-hmm. than being, like, horror. And I'm, like, give me a, give me a haunted script <laughs> or, like, something. <laughs> like, it, I, I need that, I think, more yeah, than Yeah, it's, it's. It's kind of analogous to, like, watching something that would be, you'd think it's just going to be a horror movie, and then it turns out to be, like, a Bollywood production. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this is a specific way of telling these stories that yeah. maybe I wasn't expecting, and I'm not well-versed in, so they don't affect me as much. But, I mean, like, I, what else do I love besides learning? <laughs> so the more the more I watch, the more I'll get into them. But, yeah. Oh, I like that outlook. Yeah. I like that. You know. I just turned it off and said, God damn it, I wanted the queen. <laughs> so I was upset. Oh, but then I did discover, have you ever seen Haunted? 
on Netflix. It's a terrible show. I think on my Instagram, if you click like my story archives, I have one that's just, it's saved from that. And it's a guy telling the story about when he saw a clown car in a traffic accident. And there's all, (laughs) it just, it flashes to all these dead clowns all over the road. And there's blood everywhere and horns honking. And so this show, Haunted, it's like, it's kind of like Unsolved Mysteries or Paranormal Witness or those like, you know, people tell their stories and they're dramatized with spooky actors and, and mm. intrigue and scary lighting. But in this show, it, it was, Haunted was a, it's an American one where people just, they have like their, everyone in their life, like their families and their best friends, they have them over and they're like, so you know when I was weird like 10 years ago? It's because a genie was haunting me. And then they tell the story and their friends and family just stare at them and don't know what to say. (laughs) Um, But that show, it was terrible, but I loved watching it because, you know, clowns and horrible traffic accidents. But they released... I thought that show was over because it was so bad and I thought it was never coming back and I was kind of bummed. But then I stumbled on the other night, Haunted Latin America. Oh. And I see an episode called The Cursed Doll. Oh, fuck yeah. In which this woman, for her, like, quinceanera, gets the ugliest fucking doll I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> which is, like, like she's up there with Sabrina. And <laughs> and she has, like, she's, like, a ballerina doll or something. And she's, so she is always, the doll is always positioned to be sitting down. So her legs are just always sticking straight out at you in a V-shape. And she has mm. crazy hair. It was a terrible episode of television, and I loved every minute of it. <laughs> every minute of it. I so. love that. So there was that. There was that. I have. I guess I yeah. have been watching things. Yeah. So we've had a week. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. How long it's been? We've had a know. recovery. <laughs> yeah. Back to back on our shit. Mm-hmm. You know. It feels so. Uh, I don't know. I'm just like, yeah. Just talk about the movie, Stacy that you watch it's almost like i have forgotten how to do this not that it was <laughs> did i ever remember or know what i was doing debatable <laughs> but it's also uh, this feels very low impact yes yes it's it's like the pe class where you know you're not doing the running you're the you're the kids playing badminton like we were, we were just in the crazy PE class that where they were making us do push-ups. Like every, you know, you just nonstop doing push-ups and jumping up the thing and doing the Clarice Starling ladder climbing and all that. But now that's what we had been doing for a week straight. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. we're just flapping the parachute. Yeah, yeah we're parachute or whatever kids. that was. The parachute <laughs> flaps. How is that PE? I can't believe America has an obesity problem. Jostle this fabric. Jostle this fabric a little bit. <laughs> you dumb shits. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. Here, sit on this board with wheels on it and scoot. <laughs> I always, our gym classes were segregated, boys and girls. Oh, I, I was like, excuse me, but and, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, boys and girls. And, like, you could kind of do whatever you wanted, but it was, like, separate, but you could co-mingle. And so I always went over, the, the, the boys were actually playing games. Uh, it was not a big class. There were maybe, like, uh, there were four girls in the class and not that many more boys. Um, but the boys would, like, play floor hockey or something, and I, the girls didn't really want to do anything. So I was always like, I'll go, I'm going to go play hockey. Are you kidding me? Oh, Yeah. 
It's weird that I'm gay, but yeah, that is really strange. I never, <laughs> we never saw any signs of that. <laughs> no one could have seen it coming. No one could have seen it coming. Oh well. Anyway, movie, movie. So when we were recording the three inning, the re three inning, excuse me, when we yeah, were doing that, um. We didn't cover, I think because it was so sad and we didn't want to bring it up uh, when we're trying to keep these episodes swift and move and flowing, swift and flowing like my favorite tea does to me. Uh, we wanted Ew. to, thank you. I, that was a good, just slight delay. <laughs> I well, it took me a minute that. because my mind went to like. 70s easy listening slash douche oh swift and flowing yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and then you were talking about having uh, bowel problems springtime on smooth move radio here on the... <laughs> <laughs> and then it, my brain was like anthony drinks a tea to poop <laughs> It took me a minute. Oh no, for the record, I don't drink the tea. To yeah, pee. yeah. It, However, it do I love joke. that Smooth Move tea exists? I do. <laughs> and it's called Smooth Move. It's called Smooth Move, which, I mean, I suppose everyone on the planet, be they human or otherwise, appreciates a smooth move. Yeah, and everyone poops like the book says. Yeah. I'm not going to drink a tea that's going to make it more difficult. <laughs> like... <laughs> You're not going to drink Sure Stop and just prevent anything? Sure Stop! Full of obstructions! <laughs> yeah. It's the, the Axe Body Spray of tea! <laughs> You're too... It's so manly, I don't poop. Even when I have to. I hold it in like my feelings! And then I yell at my wife. <laughs> sure, stop. <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, we... so as I was saying, um, <laughs> last before that turned into an advertisement for conservative dietary aid. Um, uh, so last week, as we were doing the re threening, um, we lost America, the world lost a goddamn legend. Mm hmm. Of a perfect queen. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're talking about Jessica Walter. Rest in power. One of the absolute all, 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 all time greats. Um, star of Home for the Holidays with Sally Field. Uh, star of the, the reboot of 90210. <laughs> star, star of, I mean, you know, created the... Iconic doesn't even say it. Incredible character Lucille Bluth on Arrested Development. And star of today's film, 1971's Play Misty for Me. 1971? <laughs> I just thought I'd repeat the date. <laughs> oh, I was like, did I get the date wrong? Oh no, I'm not a real fan. <laughs> no, this movie is old, is what I'm saying. This is. It is. And, uh... It's also, so this is Jessica Walter and Clint Eastwood. This is his first film, his first directorial feature. Yes. And also, excuse me, Donna Mills uh, of television's Knott's Landing. I was going to say, what was she on, Stacey? 
<laughs> she played Abby. She was such a vixen. And in the 80s, she became known for, and I mean Donna Mills became known for uh, her exquisite eye makeup. Mm-hmm. I think she wrote a book. I, why do I say I think? <laughs> I know she wrote a book. Well, was it a book or was it a video? Any, whatever it was, it was called The Eyes Have It. Oh, I like that. Get it? Because yeah, that was her thing. That was her thing. That was her trademark was her eye makeup. But you wouldn't know it in Play Misty for me where she's a, I mean, she's still Donna Mills, but her eye makeup is non-existent basically, except it, for some mascara. That eye makeup is not there. It's just, it's all hair instead. And then yeah. Jessica Walter says, I got to give you a haircut. Because this is not working, girl. Shags everywhere. Shag hairdos. Oh, yeah. This movie. What a wacky ride. (laughs) What a (laughs) wild ride. It really is. I I tried to, uh, from the beginning, keep my distaste for Clint Eastwood out of my mouth. Because, um, he's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, piece of shit. Do you remember a few years ago when he was, like, talking to the chair at the convention? Yeah, he's gone full Republican wackadoodle. Yeah. Um, but he's kind of always been a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, I went into, I forget which episode it was, but talked about uh, talked about his uh, shit with Sandra Locke and basically getting her blacklisted from making films and cheating her and doing all kinds of bullshit to Sandra Locke. Um, and so I tried to keep that out of my head, knowing also that, like, I was probably going to be on Jessica Walter's side regardless. Oh, how could you not be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, this is just one of those movies where I think we, as gay lords, probably a healthy portion of the people who listen to our show or whatever, are going to be, like, good for her. Oh, Absolutely. Like, oh, people watch this movie and aren't on her side? Yeah. <laughs> like, I know who I'm rooting for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, she is, I will say, that two things can be true, and they are both true in this movie, is that his character can be a piece of shit, and also she can be an absolute lunatic. Yes. Yes. She's not so much like the woman scorned a la something like Fatal Attraction, let's say. Um, I mean, she is that, but also from the jump. Literally. She's completely a fucking kookadook. Literally. So, it's it's yeah. akin to uh, Jack Nicholson in The Shining. <laughs> where yeah. it's just crazy from the get-go. Except... Jack Nicholson in The Shining, a little obnoxious, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Jessica Walter in this, look at this queen act. Look at her just chew up the scenery. Oh, yeah. That's the thing, is with as we go into talking about this movie, and even watching it last night, I was like, you know, I enjoy watching this film. I'm glad I've seen it. I always wanted to see it. This was a first-time watch for me. Um, my partner was like, I wish we had something better to... <laughs> memorialize her by with this episode i know well we've already done home for the holidays exactly and i had that same talk in my head i heard you say that in my head and i was like well okay this is what it is but that said she's fantastic in this movie oh sure she was nominated for a golden globe for yeah this. this was her film premiere she immediately got nominated she got great rave reviews for her performance um 
movie's just a little wacky. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, I mean, she does, in the course of 15 seconds, with the camera just trained on her face in a close-up, she will go from full-on wackadoodle to sort of uh, contrite Mm-hmm. And and shy and all of this and then back to like a volatile rage all within the span of one shot. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, she's got range. Okay, tears in her eyes and she's doing that mouth thing and oh and watching the watching those sequences where she'll just she just snaps and will start screaming at people. Love her. Well, you can tell people what it's about this time. Have you seen Fail Attraction? Anyone? It's that. <laughs> Yeah. Fatal Attraction. Literally, how is Fatal Attraction... How is nobody sued? Because it's the exact same story. Exact same. Even the plot points. Like, it's beat for beat. Except... Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we'll get to it. Except for the part where it turns into a concert film for no reason. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that. But, uh, okay, so Clint Eastwood, who... <laughs> thank you. Thank you is an egregious piece of shit. The movie starts off and you see him walking around or whatever and you're like, who is this, who is this twinky Wolverine looking motherfucker? It's Clint Eastwood (laughs) with his floppy hair. He is a glamour DJ, a glamour jazz DJ who lives in a, in an art resort sea shanty (laughs) terrarium. (laughs) I could not figure out his house. What is it? I kept trying, and every time I thought I had a handle on it, I'm like, did fucking M.C. Escher design this? Like, what? What is this alcove that you live in? (laughs) Yeah, it's M.C. Escher's shell art rendering of Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory as a coastal pied de I couldn't figure it. I'm like, does he live on a patio? Yeah, well, all the rooms are patios, too. It's a patio to a patio to a solarium to a patio. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. That occupied it's... most of my time, honestly. <laughs> the inside of his house is landscaped. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, there's like a stream out back with stepping stones. Like, <laughs> yeah. what is this? Which is also the foyer as well. <laughs> yeah. What's going on here? It makes no sense. Um, he's a glamour di- jazz DJ, which apparently, I guess, did DJs always have? Did D- DJs much of, must have been much bigger in the past? Oh sure, I like, mean DJs like Casey Kasem or something. Like DJs were huge, and you could like be a DJ. And now it seems to me that like, if that's possible at all, you've probably already established yourself, and you're going to be on something like Sirius Radio where. People yeah. have to pay for it. Yeah, I feel like you end up on Sirius or like your Wendy Williams and you get a TV show. Yeah. Or like Howard Stern. But I feel like like I feel like Howard Stern and Wendy Williams were kind of the end of it. Mm-hmm. And, but a- apparently, uh, <laughs> Dave, <laughs> the glamour DJ, is, is so well regarded that, you know, even the cops know about his show and he's, you know, this is why he won't release his secrets <laughs> because he can't impact <laughs> his career as a DJ. Um, I just, and I, I get uh, irritated that somebody as drastically uncool as Clint Eastwood has this job that is so cool and is one of my dream jobs. And I'm like, he doesn't get to do this. Mm-hmm. Does he, I haven't seen him in enough. Does he always, was he putting on a voice 
to sound more like a DJ because the whole movie is him being like, oh no, what? <laughs> and I was like, what? No, is that, this? that's that's pretty much him. That's but then him. He, but when he was trying to be the DJ, like when he was you know speaking into the microphone or whatever, I was just like, you're no Stevie Wayne. Like no. Don't, don't he tried a little bit, but I don't think Clint Eastwood has a lot of range as an actor. So. No, that's why he's Clint Eastwood. Yeah, so it's like okay, and it might it clicks into place with something like Dirty Harry, but as the playboy, cool, quote mellow groove DJ, uh, mm-hmm, eh. mm-hmm. Okay, movie, I'll buy it. Sure. <laughs> so that's established. We, are, we, just are, <laughs> we are told that we just believe it, and it's a thing we accept. Um, he's on the outs with his his girlfriend, his on again, off again girlfriend who has been away for four months in Sausalito living with her best gay friend, JJ, who is a love dream. Yeah, I love, love JJ. JJ. Who is, who's that cartoon? Who's that gay cat cartoon? Snugglepuss? Snagglepuss? He's always like, oh my, oh no. <laughs> like, that's who JJ is. I love JJ. Um... It, it, he he's fabulous. It, it, there's a great interaction between those two when Donna or not when Donna Mills comes home, his his girlfriend, and and she's with JJ, and uh, JJ is basic. JJ basically tells Clint Eastwood to kill himself. Yeah, <laughs> and then Clint Eastwood goes, "Why don't you cruise some sailors?" And JJ says, "Oh, don't mention seafood," and it's fabulous. Um, and then he never comes back because Clint Eastwood doesn't know how to make a joyful film, so he never comes back. Uh, Clint Eastwood's on the on the ounce with his girlfriend, but he's trying to get back together with her. Meanwhile, he gets he always has this caller that calls in in the show when he's doing his his DJing, and she says, "Play Misty for me." And so he play he'll play Misty, and then one night he goes and he stops by a bar where he he always talks about going to this bar on the way home, and there's this woman at the bar and she is fierce, she is fabulous, <laughs> she has incredible hair, she's wearing all yellow, and she's Jessica Walter. Uh, <laughs> She says, oh, I've been stood up for a date. She ha- they, she, they go back to uh, her place. They hook up. They decide, oh, no strings attached. And then it's like, oh, yeah, but no strings attached, but that won't stop us from doing it. And then they do it, and you then learn that Clint Eastwood cannot film a love scene for the life of him. Because <laughs> <laughs> it just consists of him laying on top of her and then moving his head, and then it fades to white. He's um, a terrible kisser. Every kissing scene oh! like... Oh my god, he, terrible kisser. Like he uh, his lips assume beak po- formation and then they just envelop her face. <laughs> <laughs> and then just mash back and forth. Mhm. Poor Jessica Walter has sacrificed her entire career having to work with these <laughs> awful men. Um and yet she still fucking shines. So they hook up. He goes home. It's over. Whatever. He starts seeing Donna. Next thing he next thing he knows, uh, she shows up again the next day at his house, and she's just she is there. She is manic. She's bringing groceries. She's gonna cook dinner. And then you go, oh no, this isn't a gradual kind of realization of who this person <laughs> is. It's just like she is fully gone now. Yeah. From yeah. from here on out, everything, all bets are off. Uh, and then from there, the whole movie is that classic fatal attraction. Is the girlfriend going to find out? Okay, now he's told the girlfriend. Oh, no, now we're living in terror. Oh, no, now Jessica Walter, as the wonderful Evelyn Draper, keeps showing up and keeps wreaking havoc. 
Um, she kill she she brutally attacks and slashes his maid after she makes a key and breaks into his house. She attacks his cleaning lady Birdie, who is a perfect queen. I love Birdie. Birdie is the best part of this movie, and she just sasses Clean Eastwood up and down and left and right. Six ways to Sunday. I will say to the <laughs> film's credit, to whomever's credit, at least Birdie doesn't die. She gets attacked brutally in a scene that reminded me a lot of. Uh, was actually pretty well shot like the the attack scenes i thought i liked the way they were edited and filmed because they're so this movie goes for so long without there's no violence or anything like that it's like she shows up and she's crazy and he's like no no but then they sleep together anyway and then she's even more crazy and so when the flashes of violence come they're really immediate and filmed in close-ups and kind of staccato. And it, it just felt like the birdie attack scene felt very like um, Helen Cooper getting attacked in the basement in Night of the Living Dead was what it just oh, yeah. brought to mind with the close-ups. And, you know, it's just like the brutality of it out of mm-hmm. nowhere is was kind of shocking, actually. So. It reminded me of, um, I was very upset during that sequence because it was so unexpected. Mm-hmm. And because... What there's so many there's you have Donna Mills you have JJ you have Evelyn Draper you have Clarice Taylor as Birdie this is a movie full of perfect queens that are just having to suffer Clint Eastwood yeah and so you're living for them and then this brutal attack happens and you've already learned like oh my god I love Clarice Taylor as Birdie I love how much she shit talks Clint Eastwood to his face <laughs> and then and then next thing you know she's being horribly slashed I thought it kind of reminded me of um of the shower scene in Psycho. Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of the same reasons, because you can't really see what's happening. You just keep seeing the cuts to the knife and the cuts to her face, and mm-hmm. and it's awful. I, I was very impressed, like you said, that she stay that she survives, and then Clean Eastwood shows up, and she's being wheeled out on the gurney, and she's covered head to toe in bandages and sheets, and she's like blood everywhere, and she just looks at him and she says. It's going to cost you double to clean up this mess. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. It's amazing this movie is like Clint Eastwood and a bunch of really great characters. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's a, a shame that's so that he's so central to this because it's like everybody else is so much more interesting as not only characters but also as actors. Yeah. And it's a colorful cast. Um, you do have the gay guy. You've got several black characters. Um, Mm -hmm. Al is great. Al is great. Donna Mills as Toby. Like, all of these great characters, but then we all have to, like, much like Jessica Walter did kissing him, we all have to suffer through so much Clint Eastwood, who is so fucking boring. (laughs) Yeah, he's awful. Yeah, like, there's a million, I mean, the whole movie is through Clint Eastwood's eyes, and it takes forever. But then there's, like, you're only giving me two sequences with Madeline, her weirdo, mm-hmm. like, uh, Toby's weirdo roommate, who's fabulous. Yeah. I get two yeah. sequences with her. I only get one scene with Madge Brenner. <laughs> Madge Brenner, who's going to fly him in to, like, talk at a festival or something or host something. I don't know what she was doing, but she's, like, she's, like, the big boss lady. And she's, like, let's have a date by the seafood restaurant. And she's fabulous. Mm-hmm. You only get one second of her and her great hair. That's about it. Um, and it's that thing over. It's the, this fatal attraction over and over. She keeps showing up. Something awful happens. Listen, yeah, she's a little bit nutso, but a, a lot of bit. She's a lot of bit nutso, but 
I don't buy this, like, I can't get her out of my life, poor me bullshit. No, because not at all. he keeps sleeping with her. Mm-hmm. That's, they always do. They always do. They just keep sleeping with her. Mm-hmm. Or he, they, they always, like, it, it's the same thing in Fatal Attraction, right? And it's the same thing in all these movies where it's like, look at this bonkers woman that won't leave this man alone. And I'm like, the difference is, <laughs> if you flip it, women are subjected to this shit every single day by men just they don't even know and in these movies the men are subjected to this but it's like oh but they keep having sex with them and Mm -hmm. keep inviting them into their house she slashes her wrist which also happens in fatal attraction i think she slashes her wrist and then he he has her lay down and he nurses her and takes care of her and continues to sleep with her as he's like i need her out of my life and he'll talk shit about her but he keep just like boy what are you doing yeah, that, well that's what they always do and that's why these kind of movies always boggle my mind when i'm like you were on his side like because it's always like it's always the man ends up saying like well basically like oh what was i supposed to do yeah what was i supposed to do and not that, sleep with her <laughs> yeah n- not sleep with her even the first time you didn't have to you know what i mean like there's so i never in these movies feel bad for the dude this movie was written by joe himes who Hell also yeah. wrote the original script for death game which was <gasps> then remade into knock knock i uh, got hardcore knock knock vibes with her um destroying his house yeah <laughs> yeah and so i'm like there are people who aren't rooting for genesis and bell and knock knock like i just yeah, i don't know that doesn't I guess, I mean, probably a lot of men aren't going to, they're going to be like, she's crazy. Don't stick your dick in crazy. Am I right, fellas? Like, that's always a saying. (laughs) Right? It got me, honestly, this really got me thinking about this entire genre of the men in peril of women Mm -hmm. sort of movie Mm storyline. Where I'm like, this is so weird where it's like, it's supposed to be like this thing of horror of like, what if this could happen to you? What if this happened to your family? And it's like, but you invited in. You continue to nurture this relationship. You continue to lead this woman on. And like I was saying, if this was flipped, this this happens to countless women every single day with men that they don't even have sex with. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand where the genre came from. Like it reminds me of like my shitty ex-brother-in-law. We were at dinner once and I was, I was, I had the job of actually defending the Beyonce halftime show to the family and explaining women having agency over their bodies to them. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh, that was a fun conversation at the Sweet Tomatoes (laughs) salad bar. (laughs) (laughs) And so he says to me, this piece of shit says to me, he goes, okay, so blah, blah, blah. And it turns into a whole thing of like sexism isn't real is what he was saying. And he's like, say a man is at his job and he's being harassed by his boss who's a woman that's sexism too that's sexual harassment i don't know what his point was but i'm like structure systemically that actually is not really a thing that can happen because it's a question of power so i'm just like where and then it made me think about this movie that has now i think become my white whale i forgot about this i used to see this trailer all the time when i was younger and then i was like oh i should see this because it has demi Moore. but did you ever see indiscretion no where it's what's his name from uh basic instinct michael douglas Mm. and he's being sexually harassed by his boss who is demi moore oh 
<laughs> and now I really want to see it. But 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 I'm like, what is this like weird male libertarian like men's rights? Yeah, they're cautionary tales for men, but it's not it's not a cautionary tale that works out to be like, hey, fellas, maybe don't cheat on your wife. It the, the cautionary tale becomes some women are crazy. Yeah. And like that's it. Right? Because like what what price does he like in this movie, uh, you know, like yeah, his house is trashed and she cuts him up or whatever, but at the end she's dead and Toby is still alive and they walk off together. She shows up. She's like stabbing him, stabbing him, stabbing him. He punches her out a window. She flies out. She just does a quick Jessica Walter Jean scream. Flies out. <laughs> countlessly pummeled on countless rocks. And then explodes funny. in the water. Yeah, it was really funny. <laughs> yeah, I loved I did love it. I didn't like that it was happening to her. But I did. Someone getting punched out a window and over a cliff. I mean, I had my floor lamp feelings were all lit up. Like, <laughs> I, I thought just... of... I thought of Grandma chucking that lamp. <laughs> yeah, my Amityville floor lamp. Uh, so that was a delight. Any body falling off a cliff. Well, especially when it's a, a Jessica Walter stunt doll. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> just toss yeah. one of those out. Yeah, I'm into it. But it's, it's kind of, it's, it's not like stop cheating. It's more of a, if it's a cautionary tale, it's like be careful who you cheat with. Yeah, that's what it is, right? Because some women are just crazy and you never know. And at the end, it's like, well, I still got to fuck her. I still got to fuck my girlfriend slash wife. And I got to kill the crazy one. Mm -hmm. And now I still get to fuck my wife. (laughs) It's like, what? What is it? Like, it's it's a cautionary tale, allegedly. But it's also just a kind of a fantasy, I think. Mm -hmm. It's it's like this demented fantasy of like, having the brush with danger. (laughs) Well, also, he is, it's it's not about anything that is inherent in her in terms of, like, a, a mental illness. Like, we know nothing about Evelyn Draper. We know nothing about through. what she's been through, what her life was like, anything like that. But it's the fact that the man, he is so appealing that he'll drive a woman crazy. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I saw him in his underwear. He's not... <laughs> Well, those under those were not good underwear. No, they either. weren't. <laughs> uh, you know, but you know, and it, like that's as far as we can tell with this movie. It's like she heard his voice on the radio and had to have him. And then once she had him, she couldn't let him go. This is how incredible <laughs> he is. Because she might as well have been uh, fully. She might have like fucking Venus on a half shell or whatever. <laughs> Clamshell. Venus on a half shell. Turtle power. She, uh, <laughs> you know, she just shows up in the bar, the sardine factory, which is like, have you ever heard of a more romantic place to meet a lady than the sardine factory? Hey, they had the nice draped entranceway, covered yeah. entranceway with their name printed on it in nice letters. So it's nice. <laughs> but, you know, like, that's what it is. It's not, these women aren't. Uh, actual people. Real? <laughs> They're just, like, driven crazy by this man. And yeah. they will not be ignored, Dan. <laughs> and it's like, how how did the most satisfying ending to me out of this subgenre come from Eli fucking Roth? Oh, <laughs> like, my God. Who, it must be said, probably doesn't even get what movie he was making. <laughs> yeah. I don't for a second believe that Eli Roth is not on the side of Keanu Reeves in that film. Yeah. And yet he betrays his own cause. 
in just how he what he did what those what colleen camp and those three those two women did making it but that's the the most satisfying one where they just completely ruin his life and then walk off scot-free to go do it again yeah but in but then you look at death game the original where it's the exact same movie and they go uh, go and walk off scot-free and then they get brutally hit by a bus for no reason in the middle of the street and this, she gets punched down a window in Fatal Attraction. I mean, how long was she holding her breath in the bathtub? I would love to know. But then she pops out and he shoots her. It's like, mm-hmm. there, there's always, they don't end well. What Poison Ivy got thrown out a window, I think they said. Mm-hmm. Uh, new seduction, she gets, what, thrown down the stairs by Joyless. Mm-hmm. Well, just... in this, right, we have we have Toby, the, the uh, maligned girlfriend who runs to Salsalito to get her shit together and break away. And then it comes back and is immediately back on Clint Eastwood's bullshit. Oh um, my God. But like she says that one of the reasons why she left, he was cheating on her with everybody, like just relentlessly. And he's like, yeah, what was I going to do basically? And so she leaves not because he's a fucking asshole. She said she leaves because she was turning into one of her most hated things, which was, a jealous female. Mm-hmm. That was the problem, mm-hmm. right? And part of this, I think, is like maybe it's born from like the fact that this is 1971 and the late 60s and the free love and like why are you so hung up on really like you don't own me, you know mm. what I mean? Like let's let's be, like relax, man. Like maybe that's part of it, but also it's like actually, Toby. Clint Eastwood was the problem. Yeah, it's not. Like, if you've established with your partner that we are, this is a monogamous relationship, and then the partner breaks that trust, you're not the asshole for being upset with that. Yeah, oh, yeah, my problem is that I'm jealous of him treating me like shit. Right. (laughs) Like, fucking Birdie, Birdie the cleaning lady even comes in and is giving him shit over the women. So is Al, his friend. Yeah, they're like, it looks like old times, Dave. Yeah, and when he's like, oh, this woman won't leave me alone, and he's and Al says, he who lives by the sword will die by the sword. <laughs> it's like, it, this is all on you, man. And it's so funny, because despite that being built into the script, built into how he plays the character, there's no accountability on his end, in terms no. of in, no. if, as, if what happens to him, or the movie, or what the movie is saying. <laughs> it's just, oh, she's crazy, it's her fault. <laughs> Yeah, she's because she's like you said, full on Jack Nicholson from the get go. So there's no reasoning with her. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I mean, he barely apologizes to Toby. He just immediately, as soon as he sees her again, he expects her to just get back with him. And when she's like, "Well, I don't know," he's like, "How long are we gonna go over this?" <laughs> you know what I mean? It's oh, like I... there's no there's no self reflection. Although he says he's trying, but what does he do? He goes to the sardine factory and picks up Evelyn. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's not like... a euphemism. He goes to the sardine yeah. factory. <laughs> yeah. Literally, he says, I'm trying so, I'm trying real hard. And it's like, you just spent the last two nights with Evelyn. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to, and now you're saying, oh, I'm going to go to the party with you or whatever. Or no, I'm going to go to the party. We're just going to hang out together. And then you stand her up and then you continue to sleep with Evelyn. It's just wild to me. It's like a, it's, it's, it's just as if there's like a certain percentage of men and the women who excuse them and all of this where it's just, it's just boys will be boys. It's like men can't yeah. be held accountable for their own behavior. Uh, look at the whole reason we did the re-threening. What did the fucking 
yeah. poli- sher- sheriff say, oh, he had a bad day. He had a bad day. The man that brutally massacred those women. He had a bad day. What was he supposed to do? They made him feel uncomfortable and he was a sex addict. Mm-hmm. It's not their, it's it's not his fault. It's their fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we did just realize collectively that men can do stuff like this in the last two years as a culture. <laughs> yeah, right. So 1971, I don't expect a lot of self-reflection from Clint Eastwood. <laughs> but uh, Jesus Christ. But yeah, but that's just like, I mean, especially when it comes to sex. It's like men are just not in control. Not in, like, what, what do you expect him to do? Say no. <laughs> i just it's just it's crazy to me it's just crazy it is so weird this movie is so weird um because we get once again we get fabulous queens evelyn is fabulous we get toby toby is actually a really fucking cool artist Mm -hmm. and like you the first time you see her she's like it's so cool. I don't even know what she was doing. She was like setting metal on fire and sculpting it. She's like metalsmith or something, but she's a blowtorch. Like she's real cool. And her whole her whole house is her art studio. Also Shades of Knock Knock. All of these movies are each other. Like Fatal yeah. Traction. They've all just they all just regurgitate. Um, but I love that. So we have them and then we have Clint Eastwood, and then we have Clint Eastwood as a first time director experimenting with what he wants to commit to film and what kind of director and what kind of films he wants to make. He's he's just playing with all of that in this film. So we have the ongoing A story of Evelyn and Dave and the trials and tribulations of their heroin courtship. <laughs> and then we have the B story of, of Dave and Toby and how for some reason Dave and Toby go on these long walks trekking across oh my god (laughs) how many times do they trek across the entire what i must assume is the entire california coastline it's sun up to sun down to sun up i'm like (laughs) i'm like did somebody splice in fucking peter weir's walkabout into the middle of this movie like what the actual fuck it's like okay like this is the contrast right we have evelyn brutally slashing at birdie and then it's immediately followed you hear the dulcet tones of roberta flack and it's like okay i love roberta flack the first time ever i saw your face and then you're like oh my god he's gonna play the entire song (laughs) and then it does and then it does as they walk and then they walk and then they walk and then they make nude love (laughs) under a waterfall and it's like i get it clint you're trying to be like this is love versus what we just saw which was evelyn being crazy this is love they don't have clothes there's leaves there's water there's leaves (laughs) you know what i mean like this is what love is and then they're walking back to the beach and like the sun is up or down again and i'm like how long have they been out there without any food without water without clothes without clothes just laying on poison ivy and fucking i'm like oh my god and meanwhile roberta's like can I stop singing? Like, it's just going on. And you want on. another chorus? <laughs> yeah, like, holy fuck. 
And that's, I mean, that's like, there are 15 scenes before that that's just them walking, 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 and these, this like really, really, really obvious ADR dialogue looped in (laughs) of just him being like and it's so weird yeah I wish he spoke in Simlish this whole movie but it's so weird it goes on forever that Roberta Flack love sequence what the fuck was that yeah because like you said Evelyn has just everything has reached a fever pitch with Evelyn yeah this is the boiling the rabbit scene in Fatal Attraction. Mm-hmm. This is Evelyn shows up. Evelyn pops out of there. She's stabbing and slashing at Birdie. Everything's awful. You're like, oh, no. And then cut to Roberta Flack. And the this. first time <laughs> I saw your face. For two hours, the, <laughs> the entire plot comes to a complete halt. We don't know what happened with Evelyn. There's He has a weird interaction with a detective who doesn't believe him for some reason, but then we're later told that Evelyn did go to jail. You don't know what's going on with that storyline. That storyline is over, apparently. And then they follow up this non-unending Roberta Flack sequence with then it becomes the Monterey Jazz Festival concert film. Then I'm like, did somebody splice Gimme Shelter into this? What the fuck? What is this concert scene? It has nothing to do with anything, except obviously Clint Eastwood had a boner for the Monterey Jazz Festival, which is fine. But also, like, it's literally, like, ten minutes of just... It feels like a concert film. It's it's ten minutes of people in the audience who, admittedly... I would love to see this in a different film, in its own concert film, because mm-hmm. did I love seeing all those beautiful people j- just having the time of their life doing dance into the hand jive? <laughs> that was great. But meanwhile, I was like, but what's happening with the woman that just stabbed Birdie? Right. And instead- Remember, Clint, you didn't get the job at the jazz festival. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Madge Brenner left and she left your demo tape. What is what is the sequence? And it's just 10 minutes of that, like four musical numbers after Roberta Flack. Like the Roberta Flack song is gorgeous. The people dancing in the hand jive are gorgeous. But four sequences of that it does it just brings everything to a halt it doesn't fit and it makes this movie much longer than it needs to be you could easily cut 30 minutes off this movie and it would just be that one scene and (laughs) and that scene is just to see clint eastwood and toby walk they walk (laughs) And he smiles. They're still walking. Instead of this time, the transcendentalist Emerson nature shit. Now they're just walking through the audience of people loving the hand jive. And then it all leads up to one scene at the concert where Toby says, oh, Madeline's moving out and I'm a new name. A new person is named Annabelle is moving in. They could have said that in the Roberta Flack scene. In terrible ADR. They could have said, oh, that was so much fun to be nude amongst nature, but now I have to go home because roommate is moving out and other roommate is moving in. Bye. Even if it was ham-fisted in like that, it would be less awkward than watching the extended director's cut of the Monterey Jazz Festival suddenly drop into the middle of this film. Yes, less less ham-fisted than the concert film. Yeah! (laughs) It's like, what? So weird. It's really, really weird. It's. it's, I I just, I just think like, man, it was the seventies. 
What was he the doing? His concert films were huge. Woodstock had happened. Yeah, Oldham had happened. I like, get that, but like, girl, make your own other movie of that. He's Clint Eastwood. He can do whatever he wants. He can talk okay? to the chair. <laughs> this was originally set in Los Angeles, and he was like, "No, I want it to be at Carmel by the Sea because I like it there, and that's where I live, and so that's where they shot it." Like for some reason, everyone is just like, "Whatever you say, Mister Eastwood." It's so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird, and it just none of this makes any sense for this to be Clint Eastwood, no. a cool DJ who's into jazz and has a black friend. You're telling me this is Clint Eastwood? I don't buy it for a second. Not for a second. What kind of movie magic nonsense is this? Do you remember? Do you remember? I thought you'd appreciate this. Uh, so, so he, she, he, she, he gets a call. He's like working at the at late night at the Glamour Jazz Studio, and he gets a call from Toby or something. I don't know what's happening anymore at this point. There's too many musical numbers, and he finds out. Oh, she and Annabelle are gonna do something or whatever, and he's like Annabelle. Annabelle. And then he remembers that, you know, the detective keeps asking him, what was that? There was a line of poetry that Jessica Walter said to him over the phone on the last time he heard from her. And so he keeps trying to think about what was that line of poetry and why does the name Annabelle? So he goes, (laughs) he goes into the archives of the studio radio station and he finds the Edgar Allan Poe book amongst all the records. (laughs) And he uses Edgar Allan, the Edgar Allan Poe book at the radio station to solve the mystery that she was referencing Annabelle Lee. Well, because that's part of his thing, Anthony. Okay. He also quotes poetry on his show. And that was oh. one of the connections that they made early on when he was like, oh, I got to go find a poem for tomorrow's show. And she so, was like, I can help. I love poetry. You see? And then it all comes back. It's like Chekhov's poetry. But then, it comes back at the end. But then why would he, if he had that, I get that. But then why was he so not at all interested in the fact that she quoted poetry to him every time the cop brought it up? Because he's a poser. Just like when the cop showed up the first time and he was like, the cop's like, hey, what's happening in your house? And for some reason, instead of Clint Eastwood saying, oh, that's my crazy person in my life who just clearly tried to murder my housekeeper. Instead, he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And it just turned into a pissing contest between them instead of him giving any information that could help solve the crime. Mm hmm. I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> I just also he was just a bad DJ. He kept taking songs off in the middle. I he did that like every I was Yeah. It really, it really irritated me. There'd be a song playing and then he would take it off and do something else. And I'm like, you don't even know what you're doing. You don't deserve this job that no. I want. No, and he didn't have any of the like I feel like a DJ, especially like a, a nighttime DJ, like it's dusk, right? Nighttime mm. DJ. You need to say things like you need to say like I don't know about you listeners, but, uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, you have to have, like, some, like, sexy bumper sticker. You talking bumper you stickers. You have to channel a little bit of a little someone named Delilah. Thank you. Okay. Please. Delilah and Stevie Wayne. There you go. You need adages. You need slogans. You need, you need to speak in poetics. But he'll just say, like, he just says, like, uh, here's, uh, a song. <laughs> and then he yeah, he play. has no. He can't, that's the thing is, it's like part of it is is 
just whatever was written for him. And part of it is just that it's Clint Eastwood. Because yeah. it literally is like, oh, this one's for the lonely people. Okay. <laughs> That's it. That's it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Jessica Walter's great. She is. She's absolutely great. She's absolutely great. I really like, I loved whenever she would go off like a loose cannon and like, like some, some guy will go up to them and be like, get lost. And she'll just suddenly flip and go, you get lost, assholes! <laughs> just yeah. screaming. She's great. She's yeah. great. But what is this genre? How is this just a fatal, how did Fatal Attraction just steal this entire movie? But he wasn't a DJ, so you see how different they are. Oh, I get it now. I get it. And he didn't mm-hmm. live in a terrarium. <laughs> a terrarium patio. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. But R.I.P. Queen. R.I.P. Queen. True legend. At the very least, for all of the bizarreness of this film, she is fabulous and fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. Um, just like in Fatal Attraction, Glenn Close is absolutely astounding in that film. Mm-hmm. Don't like that perm, but yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't enjoy a tight perm. You wouldn't do that wig, though? Oh, I would have the time of my life in the wig. But... <laughs> <laughs> Your tune changes. Yeah. When I can then take it off. Oh, yeah, there you, you go. See, that's the difference, yeah. It's not permanent. But if anything, if anything comes from these men in peril of women films, it's that at the very least the women get something meaty to do in these roles. True. Uh, and that is why I will always love the Evelyn Draper, the the Glenn Close and Fatal Attraction, the Genesis and Bell and Knock Knock, because I see a whole bunch of perfect queens having to suffer through these men. Exactly. Play Misty for me. <laughs> Turn off the fucking Monterey Jazz Festival. <laughs> no shit. Stacy. Yes. The Spress Bass was sold in the mall uh, closing sale. Oh. It was auctioned off. The Heads Day has now been relocated back to their regular gig. Oh. Are you ready to place your head on the chopping block? I think I am. I think I am. I think I am. Am I? I think I am. It was weird to come up with three categories. Well, did I come up with three categories? I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Are you coming up with them now? Where am I? Like me? Where am I? (laughs) Um, Yeah, Chopping Block is back. Uh, The Chopping Block is our question and answer game. Someone chooses from three categories. Each category has five questions in it. You place your head on the chopping block. You have 10 seconds to answer each question in the category. Unless you cry out. Hail to the guardian of the watchtower. Of the <laughs> in which case, Robin Tunney's wig from the 1996 film The Craft. <laughs> that was the sound of all of my things on my desk falling over in my excitement and then me clapping. Continue. Continue. Uh, in which case, the wig will manifest on your head. 
You get 10 extra seconds because our non-binary executioner, the heads they, is confused. If you do not answer correctly or time runs out, you get your head cut off. Sorry to say. And then it's the other person's turn. There you go. What's the guardian's <laughs> Why is it? Why is it that, like, we... All it takes is for you to mention that a wig is featured in a movie, and I'm like, I have to watch it. <laughs> I'm like, now I'm like, oh, I gotta watch the craft to get more of that sweet, sweet wig. And here I am thinking I gotta watch the craft to see if it is a wig. Because I just don't believe it. You, you're, you're like, you're like, well... You're not ignorant like these people, but you're almost like the colorblind people. That's you see, you don't see wigs, Stacy. <laughs> That's right. I don't even see lace fronts. <laughs> so, you just trust in the goodness of all follicles. Why would someone lie to me about their hair? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's my philosophy. I take everything at face value. The hair's a lie. The hair, it's a lie. It's a, what is a wig if not a lie? Oh, wow. Right? Okay. Wow. It's a trick. Anyway, who goes first? <laughs> Who's up? Who's up? I don't know. I guess we should, uh, I don't know. <clears throat> um, um, you won the Spress Spress, the Chop Spress Spress, the big one last week. Oh right, the one, the one question Spressavaganza. Yeah, so I feel like you should you should call the shots. You use you get that power. Oh oh, so I could either answer first or ask first. Yeah, I'm gonna ask first. Oh, I'm okay. gonna ask first. Uh, I don't know which ones of these are new. One of them is new. I know that. Okay, well, But cares? that means I get categories to choose from now after a week you, of not. You get to choose from three categories, okay? Oh, such freedom. And your three categories are, uh, well, the first one is skin chip. <laughs> uh, but I changed this one up a little bit. Originally, I was asking the questions. Now this is going to be one of those big ones that I like. That's what she said. What? basically you have 50 seconds plus a wig if you want to use the wig in which you have to name five movie horror movies oh not ultraviolet that have the word skin in the title rather than ask you about these okay oh okay all right uh category two what a wonderful year. I will name three horror movies. I'm not going to keep saying horror movies. Can we just agree that these are horror movies? I list three movies <laughs> that all came out in the same year. You tell me the year. And a new category today is called three for one. In which case I give you three words, three keywords. You tell me the movie title. These movie titles are all one word long. Wait, so you with no, there's no articles or anything like this. So it's not the child. It's just one word titles. Yeah, and then you, but you just tell me three like word adjectives. Maybe of. not adjectives. Three keywords describing it. 
describing the okay, movie okay. that has one word in the title. Okay, so, wait, what was the last one? Uh, we have three for one. We have What a Wonderful Year and Skinship. Oh, fuck. Oh, I'm going to regret this. I'm going to go with Skinship. I'm going to regret oh! this. I'm going to regret this. I'm going to regret this. Okay. Well, this is a shocker. Okay. Oh, my hands. So you have 50 seconds, unless you want that wig, in which case you'll have 60 seconds to name five movies that have the word skin in le title, as the French would say. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? Uh, I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Your time starts now. I want the wig. Um, okay. Um, 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 the skin I live in. The skin I live in. Um, ding, ding, ding. Uh, cold Skin. I hated that movie. Um, ding, 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 ding. I guess sure. Um, uh, in My Skin. Um, ding, ding, ding. Um, um, oh, fuck. It's Cold Skin. In My Skin. The skin I live in. Oh, I, 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 I drink your blood. I eat your skin. Um, uh, it, or is it just called I Eat Your Skin? Well, that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. Wait, one more? One more. Okay, skin, uh, cold skin, um, whisper, whispering skin, um, skin, skin ways to Sunday, skins, skin, skin, the skin zone, the skin effect, the skin, the skin, the, the skin, 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 my. Ten seconds. Skin, skin, oh, shit, 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 skin, shit, whispering skin, bloody skin, cold skin, wet skin, yellow skin, green skin, orange skin, red. Oh, no, 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 no. I would have accepted under the skin. Would have accepted a lizard in a woman's skin. Mm. And also, apparently there's a movie called In Their Skin, starring <gasps> Selma Blair. Oh, there is! I almost said that, but I thought, it, I, I was like, no, In My Skin. My Skin, Their Skin. In My Skin, In Their Skin. Oh, why did I get Under the Skin? I thought you'd get that one. I, I never love- heard of this cold skin oh stacy don't watch it i only know it because jason rented it and it's terrible okay it's like it's it's like the lighthouse kind of it's like two dudes at a lighthouse and then they meet a mermaid and then they fuck the mermaid and then it's like all these men in peril movies and then the mermaid's (laughs) like weird and then they're like oh no why did i fuck the fish i can't stop fucking the fish and then they get killed by fish people it was terrible but like i think of somebody that like makes good movies might have made it i can't remember anyway it was terrible I doubt I'll uh, partake in that. Under the skin. I under just needed under the skin. Yeah. I love that movie. It's tough. This that is uh it seems like it'd be easy, but when the clock's ticking, it's tough. Oh, it's really fun though. It's fun. I like that. It's I like really that. fun. It is. Oh, my hands are so <laughs> Your skin. I am just. It is clam city. I am. This is clam chowder right here. I am just full. Wow. Wow. Okay. TMI. So you're saying green skin isn't a movie? Green skin. Whispering skin. (laughs) (laughs) The haunted curse. Skin skin. Yeah, the haunted curse. (laughs) The curse curse. What is the one? Is it? It's. I eat my. Eat your. I eat your skin. That's one. But is that is that I Drink Your Blood, I Eat Your Skin, or are those two separate movies? No, I Eat Your Skin is separate. Okay. So good job, though. 
was a tougher category than you'd think. Oh, I love it. See, it's like once you get like four, you, you're like, I got the, and then you're like, oh, wait, there's nothing else in my brain. Exactly. <laughs> it's so fun, though. It's fun. I like that one. Oh, my God. I'm just, sorry, I'm just catching up with my heartbeat now. <laughs> Back on the block, man. Oh, back on the, back block. On the block. Oh well, I I have to tell you, it is very it as harrowing as that was. It's a much more joyful experience to have a, a say in my fate. Mm-hmm. I, I'll say I'll tell you that much. Okay, good. Okay, Stacy. All right, I'm you, ready. You ready for your categories? I'm ready. All right. Now I was told that the chopping block is about horror films. Apparently, somebody just made it's this a decision. New thing. It's, a, it's new a new thing. thing. <laughs> so your one of your new categories is not about horror films. <laughs> and I did this just to uh, just to give you a hug through the radio. Uh, this category is called Fatal Obsession in honor of Play Misty for Me, and this is actually about erotic thrillers. Which I oh. think is a horror subgenre that I love. So fatal. I love them also, but I don't know that I know them. Okay. You'll know these ones. These are these are. Uh, there are no obscure ones here. So this is fatal obsession. Your next category is a gaggle of gal pals. So in this category, what I do is I just tell you the names of the group within the group of gal pals, and you just tell me what movie they're from. Okay. So I'll throw a string of queens at you. You you tell me what the strand is. Um, okay. Your third category is Marion Cotillard did 9-11. And <laughs> this, this is a, a trivia around horror films based on real life conspiracy theories. Oh no. Um, which we have been talking about off the air because Stacey yes, and I are truthers. Uh, so <laughs> your categories <laughs> once again are Fatal Obsession, a gaggle of gal pals, or Marion Cotillard did 9-11. Part of me wants to do that one because we've been talking about conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I can resist gal pals, though. <gasps> Ooh. I can't resist. I gotta do the gal pals. I gotta do them. You doing it? I'm gonna do the gal pals. Okay. Gaggle of gal pals for 500? Okay. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. All right, Stacey. So, what I do here is I'm literally, I'm not asking you a question. I am just naming queens. Okay. When I am, I'll, I I guess I'll stop naming queens and that will be the signal that it's time to go. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And then you just tell me what the movie is. Okay. All right. All right. Put on your thinking wig. Here we go. Question one. Trish, Jackie, Kim, Diane. Oh, God. Oh, no. I I, I, want the the wig. Uh, Trish, Jackie. Oh, no, my brain. There's nothing in my brain. There's nothing in my brain. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Oh, my God. I can't even think of any movies. I can't even think of a wrong movie! Oh my god! You know why? Oh no! <laughs> you know what happened? Oh. Oh. You know what happened? My brain. Be- well, first of all, my brain betrayed me as usual. But do you know what my brain did? I heard Trish. And I immediately thought about the fact that I think it's Resident Evil 6, the game, 
for some reason, all the soda machines, all the sodas are called Trish. And so I just kept thinking about the sodas. <laughs> and then I thought about how a friend of mine and I used to joke about there being like, Diet Trish. <laughs> Diet Dr. Trish. <laughs> and I, so I couldn't stop thinking about soda It's called Trishes. Trish? It's called Trish. You can look it up. Oh, no. The soda brand in Raccoon City or whatever the fuck is Trish. Man, I loved... I, first, I love the revelation of, you said Trish, and then I just thought, like... <laughs> Oh no, is this like Stacy's Manchurian candidate keyword? <laughs> like, my my Ultra kid. <laughs> You're Raymond Howard Shaw and then you start killing people. Yeah. <laughs> it's just trash. <laughs> Maybe, I wonder if I had just said Jackie Kim and Diane if you would have gotten it. Jackie Kim and Diane, Slumber Party Massacre? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Fucking shit. <laughs> Soul Odyssey. Honestly, we used to joke so much about it that it's just that's all my brain. We'd be like, I could go for a cool, refreshing Trish right now. <laughs> it's not that funny, but I thought it was funny. And it's just. something today stacy's the manchurian candidate <laughs> the trish candidate fuck that was weird <laughs> that's really really funny well that's uh business as usual i guess <laughs> well we failed again yep failed again <laughs> <laughs> At least yours took a minute. <laughs> oh, I'm sweating. <sighs> well, we're back, everyone. Uh, which means you can find us on the internet. I don't. I'm not gonna bother. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh my god! god. Oh, oh my god. god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Ha, ha, ha.